that the magnetic field is uniform along them, and therefore the energy density is uniform along them. That means that the energy is proportional to their length. This is a common thing in, uh, in field theory and condensed matter physics and a variety of different contexts where field energy in a field forming a long string is proportional to the length of the string, not the length squared. It's a different kind of string. Another way to think about it is that the string is made up of a lot of little particles, but as you pull on it and separate the distances here, no particles form in between so as to keep the number of particles per unit length fixed. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10, we did not know each other. And we could not speak to each other because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who is taking donations from the NRA. It is because America has not invested in its people. Shame on you. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if we could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, it didn't happen. Here we are. You're wrong. Are you better off than you were four years ago? You didn't know this kid, okay? We did it. They're looking for help. We call BS. They're looking for help. They're not looking for more of the same. When people lose their jobs, there's a good chance I'll know them by their names. When a factory closes, I know the people who ran it. When the businesses go bankrupt, I know them. We will respond with that timeless creed that sums up the spirit of a people. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And when we get enough money, honey, we'll bring you down. But their children were saved. And their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. Changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public, public Access America. It's another way to think about these long flux lines, that they're uniform along their length, and as you pull them apart, more particles form to fill the gaps then in that situation it would also be true that the energy per unit length would be fixed and the energy would be proportional to the length. This is by now actually an experimental fact about, uh, about hadrons that you can spin them up, you can stretch them, and they have the property that the energy per unit length is fixed. They have a, a it's called the string tension. The string tension is a constant. That would not be the case in an ordinary Hooke's law if you stretch them. But, that's, but this is the picture in the rest frame. In the rest frame, the energy of the string is proportional to its length. In the infinite momentum frame, where the physics is all non-relativistic, the energy is proportional to the square of the length, like Hooke's law. So these two kinds of strings, Hooke's law and uh, flux tube, are related to each other, 
some sense, they're just the same object being described in two different reference frames, one at rest and one... Uh, yeah. If you had an ordinary rubber band and it was vibrating in, uh, with almost relativistic speeds in, in one... No, 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 wait. Ordinary rubber bands, if they vibrate with relativistic speed, we haven't got the vaguest idea how to describe them. We don't want to do that. No. Uh, we've, we've, we've made an indirect deduction. We've made an indirect deduction. First, first half of the deduction was, in the infinite momentum frame, everything is non-relativistic, at least in two dimensions. We use that to discover the fact that the stretched energy of a string, which is L squared, because it's described non-relativistically like a Hooke's law, like a Hooke's law spring, is L squared, that is to be related to M squared. Indirectly from that, we conclude that if we were in the rest frame, the energy of the string would be proportional to its length. And that's interesting because there's a wide variety of interesting uh, string-like objects that occur in field theory, uh, not made out of atoms, but made out of field, uh, field configurations, which have exactly the same property. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's come back in a few minutes. I think, uh, I think I've probably exhausted uh, your attention for today, but let me, well, let me summarize. Let me summarize. Let me summarize. Experimental properties of, uh, of hadrons indicated this kind of uh, excitations along a line. Had we been smart at the time, we probably would have realized that this pattern here is the appropriate pattern for strings whose potential energy is proportional to their length. That's something we actually could have deduced directly from here. That, in fact, why am I saying we could have? I did. Uh, that, uh, that the energy grew as the length of such a string. That was the consequence of, uh, of this relationship here. All right, that was one fact. Next fact. Non-relative, relativistic physics in a frame in which everything is moving fast is the same as non-relativistic physics except in one less dimension. Uh, in one less dimension. And so we can try to build a simple theory of relativistic strings by going to such a frame and just using non-relativistic physics, but in one less dimension. Here it is. Here's the non-relativistic string in two-dimensional space. The only thing we have to remember is that wherever we saw energy, we have to think of it, or internal energy in particular, internal energy should be really identified with the square of the mass, not the mass. Okay? That, if you remember, came from the two different expansions. If you like, one of them was an expansion in which this was the big term, and then the whole thing is approximately of order mc squared, square root of this thing in here. The other expansion was the term in which this was big, and then the excess energy was proportional to m squared, not m. Right, so when you do that, and you go through this little exercise, your conclusion is that the Hooke's law energy of the effective non-relativistic string should be identified with a mass squared, which indirectly tells you that uh, 
that the rest mass of the string is proportional to its length. And finally, there are lots and lots of field theory and condensed matter systems which have the same property. So that was uh, something encouraging, if you like. Miss an episode of Public Access America? Download the SoundCloud app now on your iPhone or Android device to catch up. Stanford University. We wrote that energy is equal to square root of p squared plus m squared, okay? Let's, uh, for the moment, uh, forget the motion in the xy plane. Let's just concentrate on the z direction and the time direction. Energy is related to time. P is uh, related to space. There's two ways I could expand this. One of them is good when p is small and m is large. All right. In other words, when I'm in a f and when the particle is moving slowly in my frame of reference. In that case, let's see what, what, what we do. Then we write that this is equal to p times the square root of 1 plus m squared over p squared, right? Sorry, uh, uh, sorry. I, I want to start in the situation where p is small and m is large. Good. p is small and m is large, so I write this then as m squared times 1 plus p squared over m squared. p is small and m is large, so p squared over m squared is a small quantity. Okay? Nod. Good, okay. <laughs> the m can come out, and this becomes m times the square root of 1 plus p squared plus m squared, but that's approximately 1 plus p squared over 2m. Okay? Squared which is equal to m, which really means mc squared, plus p squared over 2m. So in that context, the internal energy when the particle is at rest in space is proportional to the mass. That's your good old E equals mc squared. Okay. And that tells you that for a particle at rest, its inertia, a particle at rest, its inertia, in other words, its usual resistance to, uh, to acceleration uh, is the same as its mass and its energy. Its mass meaning inertia and its energy are proportional to each other. Okay. Now, let's do the other expansion. The other expansion, we boost like hell so that the momentum is very large. Okay. And then we expand it in the other way. Let's see, P is very large now. So this is the square root of p squared times 1 plus m squared over p squared. Which is p plus, did I do that right? Yeah, p plus m squared, I think, over 2p. All right. Now, this is the momentum along the direction that we did the boost. There are two other directions of momentum, and we can put them in here. But uh, notice that the energy, apart from this fact, this piece, which is just the total momentum, which we can drop because it drops out of all interesting things, is proportional to the square of the mass. So in this form, 
the energy is proportional to the square of the mass. And what that says is that if a particle or a system, system of particles, is moving down the axis with an enormous momentum, that its inertia, that its inertia relative to this direction here, uh, well, let me, let me go back. Let me go back. Let me put in here the other terms, plus px squared, plus py squared. They just went together with m squared. This was pz squared plus m squared plus px squared plus py squared. We're taking this to be small and pz to be large. Okay? One of the things that this says is that the inertia is now not the mass of the particle, it's the momentum along the z-axis. And that actually makes a lot of sense. The, it's not true non-relativistically, but relativistically it is true that a given force perpendicular to the direction of motion will produce a smaller acceleration the larger the, uh, the, larger the momentum. So this, that's the first thing. This p here is the inertia, and the m squared is playing the role of an internal energy, or m squared over 2p is playing the role of an internal energy. So internal energy becomes mass squared in this frame, and inertia just becomes pz. Oops, that doesn't look good, but... Uh... All right, now somebody asked me about the connection between these kind of strings, which have this property of uh, having an energy per unit length, and superconductors, I, I think I mentioned it as we were talking, I will spell it out. Superconductors have the property of repelling a ma magnetic field. They repel, they don't want to accept magnetic field pe penetrating through them. And they actually repel the magnetic field. Uh, because they repel the magnetic field, it's kind of a pressure that was pushing magnetic field out of uh, the way. But if you somehow push a magnetic field, I'm going to tell you how to do that in a minute. If you push a magnetic field into the, uh, into the superconductor in such a way that the lines of force are passing from one side of the conductor, here's a big piece of superconductor, lines of force are passing through it like that, what it will do will be to squeeze, will push those lines of force out of the way and push them into a, uh, into a narrow string-like thing, like that. That's a, called a fluxoid. It's called a fluxoid or a superconducting flux line. Superconducting, yeah, superconducting flux line. Magnetic flux, not electric flux, magnetic flux. And how can you make one in principle in a, uh, in, a, uh, in a superconductor? Here's what you might do. I doubt very much, well, this is probably not the way it's done in, the re in really, but uh, you take a piece of superconductor, you drill an incredibly narrow hole through it. This is a Gedanken experiment. This is not something uh, that I want you to go away with as a practical experiment. You drill through it an incredibly small, uh, uh, um, let's see, am I going to get this right? Public Access America is on Instagram sharing our episode art, snippets of the stories, sneak peeks of upcoming episodes, and more. Search hashtag BigBrainPod for more.
Stanford University. Ah, before you, pull, before you cool down the superconductor, before you cool down the superconductor, you take a long bar magnet and you stick it through the hole, like that. Flux lines come out this way from the bar magnet and this way. Now you cool it down so that it becomes a superconductor and you draw out the magnet. These lines of flux here will get pulled into the magnet. Even after you've pulled out the magnet, the lines of flux will go through that magnet and they will form a thin tube through that magnet. The field along the tube will be uniform. And because the field is uniform, that means the energy per unit length is fixed. Okay, now, let's go a little bit further. Imagine that we had magnetic monopoles. We can actually simulate magnetic monopoles, but let's suppose we really did have magnetic monopoles, that there really were magnetic monopoles in the world. And there may well be, but we haven't discovered them yet. But let's suppose we had discovered them and we could manipulate them. Okay, then we could take a monopole and an anti-monopole, put them right on top of each other, don't let them annihilate, keep them a little bit apart. Uh, take them and put them into the superconductor, monopole and anti-monopole. I'm not going to tell you which one is which, I'm just going to draw two of them. And of course the monopole and the anti-monopole have some uh, flux lines between them. Now cool down the superconductor and take the monopole and the anti-monopole and start to separate them. What happens? Exactly the same thing that we think happens between a pair of quarks, except that this is just an ordinary magnetic field between the monopole and the anti-monopole. So inside a superconductor, a monopole and an anti-monopole would have an energy which would be proportional to the distance between them. Why the distance between them? Because the string between them has a, uh, an energy proportional to its length. Okay. The monopole and the anti-monopole could not separate from each other. They would be confined because as you start to separate them, the energy goes up with the length and, uh, and that's, the, uh, that's the character of what happens to, uh, to hadrons or quarks in a hadron, you separate them and their energy goes up. So, okay, so this is a system for the energy is proportional to the length and uh, it has the characteristics of the same kind of string. Does that answer your question, whoever asked me? I don't know who asked me. Oh well, I guess he's gone. Okay, what other questions uh, come up? Oh, it's almost nine o'clock, okay. Yeah. So the energy being proportional to the length mm -hmm. is the rule for highly relativistic strength. Well, a superconductor is not a highly relativistic. It's it's a. It's also not a string. It's a, no no, but it's string like. But, so if you took a uh, a regular Hooke's law string made of springs yes. and had it going relativistically inside, assuming, break apart, that's all. assuming you could. <laughs> You have to make up some theory. I don't right. know. You have to make up some theory. But that that construction would then have an energy proportional to its length. 
I don't know what it would do. Depends on the details. No, uh, there's something special about energy that uh, grows with length. As I said, what it really means in particle language is that as you separate the constituents of the string, as you pull it apart, the energy of pulling it apart, instead of just separating and making larger distances, makes more, makes more particles. So that, the, so that the density of them along the string always stays the same. That's the character of, uh, of these kind of strings. And the other way to think about it is there are strings made up out of field where because field lines are not allowed to end, field lines are not allowed to end, as long as the field doesn't spread out this way, it has to remain uniform in the other direction. So it's uh, a characteristic of flux lines, uh, flux lines which are confined to a tube. If you had any kind of situation where an electric field were confined and prevented from spreading out in the perpendicular direction, the energy per unit length of it would be uh, constant. Yeah? What about the kind of residual motion along the PZ direction? Along the Z, ah, that's a very good question, yeah. Remarkably, the way string theory works is there are not independent degrees of freedom for motion along the other direction. This is a remarkable and strange fact that in string theory you do not include directly degrees of freedom for the motion of the string along the direction of the, uh, the boost here. It is thought that that's connected with something called the holographic principle, that really in a gravitating system you need one less direct dimension to describe it, but it's one of the very remarkable features of string theory that you don't describe the string in, let's say, in three-dimensional space. You, in this limit, you describe it only by the two-dimensional motion, and yet, as we will see, it's consistent with... Uh, with uh, Lorentz invariance. Good. Okay. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our
wanted to run out of that tunnel. For my dad. To prove to everyone what? Public Access America. Yes, we can. On SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and now Facebook. Public Access Public America. Access America. History, in the, history making. in the making. 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 History in history the making. In the making. Public Access America is waiting for you on the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Download the app for free on your Android device or iPhone and subscribe to Public Access America. Stanford University. For more, please visit us at stanford.edu.